0: This podcast is sponsored by Hot Click Marketing. You can follow on Twitter uh, at hot underscore click or you can find them just by searching Hot Click Marketing. Thanks very much for their support that we can bring you this podcast. I'm delighted to say That with me is a fan, an ordinary fan. Yes, that's all he is, and that's all I'm sure he would admit to being. However, he is no ordinary fan because he's obsessed. He's he's one of those die-hard supporters who goes to every single game. His name's Sean Riley, and I've known Sean since we were eighty-one. Yeah, on the football specials and everything. And uh, you were a punter, and I was selling the pies and sausage rolls and everything like that. And since then, you've not that I doubted it for a second, but you've gone on to reach a personal achievement in the last couple of weeks. So just explain to our listeners your
1: personal achievement. Okay, so uh, as of the 22nd of April, it was 30 years since my last uh, miss of a competitive game watching Manchester City. Home and away. Home and away, domestic. Now, there is one little fly in the ointment, which was the Moscow game behind closed doors which obviously I didn't attend and I'm aware that you were there. Uh, some of my friends did attend it and, and were thrown out subsequent to that. Uh, but uh, I've been told to forget about that. Uh, Pain public couldn't get in, so uh, I'll strike it off the, uh, the record book if I can.
0: Because I've known you for such a long time, um... I don't mind admitting that I tried to find a way to get you into that and game. I thank you for that. I know uh, you did, <laughs> which, which was very genuine. Uh, but the BBC who I worked for at the time wouldn't allow me to take an extra person in, yeah. um,
1: and you could have been and my sort of sidekick for the night. And to be fair, and there was five hundred of us, I think, wanted to attend that game. I think that was what the turnout would have been. Uh, I was given the option via a back door, uh, which doesn't sound surprising where UEFA concerned it would have cost me £300, but my, uh, my overriding factor was, well, why should I get in and 499 other City fans can't? So I was kind of, I'd settled, made peace with myself that uh, it was the right decision not to take the route that uh, kind of sums up UEFA for me.
0: Well, I was going to say, of <laughs> all the people to boo UEFA's anthem, because <laughs> people ask all the time, why why do City fans boo the anthem? and it, That's not the only reason, no. but actually that CSK Moscow game and... The example you've just given is yeah. part of it, isn't it?
1: It's a very personal thing. I think if you look at the history of UEFA games in the past when teams have been bad for one reason or another, UEFA have normally gone down the channel of rearranging the game into a neutral country, and there was no impact at all on Manchester City, the club, the fans, and yet we were, we were punished equally for something that we had no hand in. And uh, really, it's kind of wrong. Men in suits, playing God is, is how I call it, and uh, I stand by that. The irony of course
0: is that I was in that game and there, were, there was a crowd in the game yeah. uh, that was made up mainly of supposedly corporates yeah. Yeah. But or people associated with CSK Moscow, yeah. but they're all of ordinary fans there. Yeah, and and it hurt me. Yeah. I'm a fan as well as being a journalist. But it hurt me as much on behalf of people like you, yeah. and not just you, but other fans. Absolutely, as it did the 500 th- for the, any other that would have been
1: there had we been, you know, given access to it. So uh, yeah, it does rankle. But uh, it's life. I've got over it now, and uh, the support of my wife as well. I'd like to add that because. Uh, Without Jane Riley, none of this would have been possible. So uh, I owe her a bigger debt than anything that I ever achieved.
0: Where does, it's, it's funny me asking you this question because I could ask it of myself, but <laughs> yeah. where does this obsession, this this passion, this absolute determination through presumably illness and, yeah. and, and, and having to work around work that you have to be, uh, every game, where does it come from? It's,
1: uh, I, I don't know where it comes from, but all I can explain to you is it's kind of um, a comfort blanket almost. It's uh, the pressure of life is such that uh, life's faster, and everybody needs an outlet for it. Some of the outlets that people do are legal, and some are illegal. <laughs> Mine happens to be an obsession with the football team that I've supported since which, which is legal, 30, isn't it? Let's uh, get uh, it all absolutely. right. absolutely, even though Yeah, you're bored yeah, some... yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah absolutely but yeah um, and also I think for me in the, when times were hard it kind of taught me certainly uh, we have humility and that's one thing that I must stress that wherever we go with the club we must retain that humility because without it for me you become the big corporate entity and you lose the soul and the face of what Manchester City is all about you were
0: I don't know if it's got it on tonight but you wear a lot a Jerry Gow shirt so it isn't Aguero on the back that that is an example of what you're talking about isn't it?
1: Absolutely Jerry. um, I happen to know his son Chris who still comes up to the games travels up from Somerset with his family so Manchester City is ingrained into that family just as much as as you or I anybody else in this room Um, and he personified really what Manchester City are about he came in when times were hard and, and we had no credibility, and Jerry got that credibility back for us, because, because he fought for everything tooth and nail, and he showed to the to the fans what we would do if we were in that number eight shirt on the pitch, Jerry Gow personified exactly, and he's not the only player, don't get me wrong, Andy Morrison, you could cite as well, uh, they all seem to be Scottish, I don't know what he but, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but uh, uh, huge respect for Jerry Gow. What was the last game you missed then apart from CSK in Moscow? Uh, so that would have been on the day of the Hillsborough disaster, so it was the 15th of April 1989 and I was attending, we were we were losing or getting beat 4-0 at Blackburn that day and I was best man at my brother-in-law's wedding, so uh, I think that was a couple of years it had interrupted at that point, but as I say, I can't believe that you missed a game to be... I was
0: asked to be best man yeah. at my best mate's wedding. Yeah. Uh, City were playing Birmingham at home. Yeah. Uh, it was the last match of the season. Yes. And when my mate told me that I was going to miss this game yeah. or that he wanted me to be best man, I said, yeah. I can't miss a City game. Yeah. You know that. You know what <laughs> I'm cut from. Yeah. And we fell out a bit. Yeah. And when he, he actually then ended up having I mean, to rejig his wedding, yeah. just for other reasons, nothing yeah. to do with me. And it wasn't a day I could then go. And he didn't it, ask me to be best man. No, not surprisingly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I went to his wedding, but I wasn't best man. Yeah, yeah. I'm
1: surprised at you, Sean. And it's, it's family at the end of the day, and, and family. That you makes know, me feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, I was going to say, subsequent to that, I did actually turn down uh, my friend John Frost was getting married, and he asked me. And I said, I think we were away at Coventry. I think we might have got beat. I can't remember the score. But but you know what? It still sits heavy with me because I feel I let him down personally. So it does. So it does weigh heavy, you know, regardless of what people. Say uh, and I'm very very grateful for the opportunity uh, to have uh, great employment wherever I've been in the main. Uh, a wife that supports me beyond belief, you know Jane. Well, is, and and she's done the hard mile with us, as you know, getting into Millwall when we had no tickets and dressing up as Millwall supporters. We, we'll do whatever it takes to see the game because that's how we're made. And so, uh, but it, so it doesn't. It doesn't come without personal sacrifice and uh, and it does it does sit heavy with me sometimes. So uh, I like to kind of make sure that if I get any compliments that, that spread evenly and, and, I, and I class us all in the same boat, whether we do one game or a thousand games, we all have that common love of the club, the sky blue of Manchester and long may continue. Have you ever been ill on a match day? Yeah, uh, a couple of occasions, uh, it might have been tummy bugs and stuff, but one in particular I remember was getting to Anfield late uh, for an evening game, and I have kind of um, I've had uh, lower back trouble throughout my life, and uh, might be as a result of driving a lot, of, do a lot of driving. Uh, but I kind of, cr- I, I dragged myself into Swanfield that night. I wasn't in fit state, too but I crawled, I crawled up for the last mile, couldn't park within it. I got into the game twenty minutes in and what have you, but but the pain was worth it because uh, I knew what I knew what was at the end of the pain. I knew what we were playing, so how did we go on in that game? Got be three 0 <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can
0: relate so much, Sean, to what you're telling because I remember <laughs> getting asked to do a game yeah. for Club call Remember the old Club Code? Yeah. And
1: yeah. it was a
0: Liverpool Tottenham game yeah. at Anfield. Yeah. On the same night we were away at Torquay. Yeah. And uh, in the League Cup, and uh-huh. uh, and it was a lot of money at the time I was being offered, yeah. and I said no no I'm going to Torquay City are playing, and they thought I was mad. Yeah. It ended up being nil nil. Yeah. I'm sure you were at that game. Yeah, absolutely. And it was yeah. a terrible. Game Playable. and after the next day, they said, I bet you regret it now, don't you? And I said, nope,
1: No, not at all. New ground six off the list, <laughs> say, it's what you do, isn't it?
0: Yeah, yeah, And I also went to a game at Norwich, it was the Delia Smith rant. Uh, oh, game yes. yeah, And I had, foul, and you know, know, people say they have flu, and it's it's not, it's a bad yeah. call. I had proper flu, yeah. And I actually commentated that night, yeah. And then when I got back to the hotel, which was a rarity to stop in a hotel because it was a night match, yeah, I collapsed in the bed, fully clothed. And didn't wake up for fourteen hours because I was <laughs> that
1: wiped out. But there was no way I was going to miss the game. No, no, no. And uh, as you know, some of some of my friends, Wilkie, uh, Darren, all all the usual Phil Dooley, all, all the usual crew, Bev, everyone that's travelled with us home in away over the years. Um, they they kind of they've got similar records, you know. That there's only the odd game here and there. So so and there's so many people. I think we've got a hardcore of supporters, and I think we've got the oldest fan base, I believe, of all the premiership clubs that have watched the team consistently over 20-25 years. So we have actually got that core, regardless of all the empty seats and everything that they throw at us, we've actually got the loyalist punch in, in all of them. So it's quite ironic, really, that we, uh, that we get sticked for empty seats. What,
0: uh, what In this sequence of 30 years, remember,
1: mm-hmm. home and away, yeah. if you're just joining us now for this
0: podcast, why would you, join halfway through? But anyway... Uh, which has been the worst game? Which has been the game that you thought, blimey, I've I put um, myself out and then it's a terrible game?
1: Oh, what a good question that is. Yeah. I, I I take Derby defeats very, very hard and, and we've had plenty of them in the 30 years, so I enjoy the ones that we have now when we win even more as a result of that. Probably, um, I would say... We lost 5-0 at Old Trafford on a Thursday night. I think Chelsea's got three for them that night. And not only was it a bad night on the pitch, the grief we got after the game, getting back to Manchester, was horrendous. So, so, so like I say, and so I always remind City fans, whenever they say, oh, United can do us a favour, well, they never did us any. <laughs> when, when they were riding high and, and winning everything before them, they had no kind of room in their lives for poor little Manchester City. Well, uh, I beg to differ now. It's well, changed somewhat, hasn't I've it? I've
0: got a story about that 5-0, but I yeah. won't, I won't <laughs> tell <laughs> you today. But yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, in terms of the best, I think I know what will be the best. And yeah. the reason I want to introduce it and not ask you straight out, yeah. but you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that we sat down with, yes. with your Jane in yeah, your house, you and we did a documentary while I was at the BBC. Yeah, with the lady uh, Rebecca, with, with Rebecca and, yeah who,
1: RIP Rebecca, lovely girl. Yeah,
0: she was a fantastic person, yeah, and, she fan. Fan, and she was a United fan. And the two of you so eloquently told the story yeah. of the year that we won the league in 2012, Correct. focusing on Aguero and, and that yeah. moment, but yeah. also the whole season really. Yeah. I'm assuming that that was the, the the greatest of these last 30 years
1: games. It has to be, um, but from a personal point of view, in terms of what defines me as a Manchester City supporter, I have to say, Dennis Stewart's over a kick in 1976, because it's not only me that says that as well. You'll speak to a lot more people from our generation that were fortunate enough to be there because i would say in 76 there wasn't many 11 year old children in the crowd it was a case of a man-dominated sport and for, for the children to go on an adult ticket uh, although they didn't junior tickets i would imagine if you did a cross-section of how many children in the crowd that day that would have been the fortunate few and and i was one of the fortunate few that was in and uh, I saw something that day that I replay in my head every day, and I will do for the rest of my life, the greatest goal I've ever seen with, with these pair of eyes though, I'm far, fortunate to have.
0: Far be it for me to correct you Sean, but that wasn't in the 30 years that we're talking oh, about. it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> ah, ha, ha, yeah,
1: sorry about that, I got carried and away And that's definitely moment I'll remember too, Absolutely. but within yeah. this 30 yeah. years. Yeah. It's got to be Sergio's, got to be Sergio's, hasn't it? Because, uh, I mean, we will never better that in our lifetime, really.
0: So uh, just tell us, I mean, I, I can. I don't have copyright on that documentary, so unfortunately now I've left the BBC, mm-hmm. unless the BBC play it, I can never yeah. let people hear it again, and it's one of the things I'm the most proud of. Yeah, yeah. So you can re- recreate
1: a bit of that, so just tell us on the day... On the day, Your story. So what did I do on the day? So I got down to the ground very, very early. I remember in City Square, uh, one of the guests was uh, Billy Duffy, who obviously, obviously, as a musical guitarist, uh, is a big star of the cult and uh, various bands, Theatre of Eight. And, and somebody I've followed all my life uh, is a Manchester lad, I think, Hugh Bourne brought up in Withenshaw. Uh, and he was one, uh, prior to the Gallagher Brothers putting City on the musical map, Billy was wearing his Man City shirts on stage uh, at the uh, close of the 80s, early 90s. So Billy Duffy, for me, iconic plays great guitar sounds and is a City fan through and through and he was over from the States for the game and uh, had the good fortune to meet him on City Square and uh, photograph with him etc shook him by the hand and uh, I said what, what do you think today Billy? He said no problem we'll be alright <laughs> and, then, and then goes into the ground it's all geared up for it but as, as is often the case When the expectation is there and everyone thinks it's all going to go swimmingly, the one thing I would always say until my dying day is, there's no guarantees in football. And on that day, Queen's Park Rangers also had something at stake, which was their survival. They were reliant on other results, so if they were to lose, somebody had to get a result worse than them, the Bolton game and what have you. So there was a lot riding on it. And of course, we take the lead, Zaba 1-0, everything's good, but still a few nerves and what have you. QPR equalised, oh God, this City, they not going to do it to us, have they? And then I'll, I'll never forget the guy who crossed the ball for the header for the second goal. He could, he'll never hit a better cross as long as he lives. And the header, and, I, and, I, and at that moment in time, while City fans were ready to jump off the stands and throw themselves into the earl or whatever. I just said, what a bloody goal that was. And I, so, so in that moment of isolation, I had to kind of acknowledge it's a fantastic goal, but it's, it's almost killed us for a lifetime. And, and of course... People were leaving the ground. My wife, she, she, she got up out of the sea. Uh, she was on the phone to a friend who'd called her from Spain. And she, she was in floods of tears. She said, they've done it to me again. It, it, even when we think it's going to go right, someone pulls a rug. And there was all that kind of feeling. And then, of course, Zecco scores the goal. And we, and we know there's five minutes to go. And it, 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 was, it was scripted. I can only say that somebody from above was looking on us and thinking, do you know what, Man City fans? You have had enough punishment. We'll let you have that one. It, it, That's that's how it kind of felt. It was almost like divine intervention. And uh, oh God, good God! It, thank God it happened because <laughs> because I, I, you, could you imagine the torture that we'd we'd have still been hurting from it now? I think uh, well, it would suck it to our graves with us. But it meant that much. And from forty-seven thousand people wanting the the ground and the earth to swallow us up one minute to being in the case of well there's no way the Reds are coming back from this because we've scored with the last gig of the game and conversely they would have had the emotions oppositely which I thought Rebecca kind of uh, she, she kind of portrayed that feeling back and we all know where she was at that moment because we've been there ourselves. So uh, even recently against Spurs in the uh, Champions League, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Although I have to say, the Spurs game was a fantastic game. I mean, it was know, yeah. we, we, whatever we, you know, however we, we carve it up, you'll not see a better game of football, uh, probably Champions League wise. That's probably one of the best up there forever. I would suggest.
0: Well, thanks for letting us relive the 2012 moment no with problem. you.
1: You you uh, have gone 30
0: years. Let me can I ask you how old you are. 54. So, 54 years of age, yeah. how long do you think this run's going to continue for? Um. To be honest with you, I kind it's of... It's, of course, just again, just yeah, to the listeners, includes yeah. all the European away games. Yeah. It's every first-team competitive game. Yeah, yeah. Home and away for thirty years. We're I'm not 15, just
1: talk... about fifteen hundred. I think I'm not. Yeah. I'm not totted. Ever it, since it'll my be school, something like that. Be. Yeah. Yeah. So, so how long um, does the run continue for? What would stop you? It's. Uh, do you know something? As, as I get older, life's got choices, and there's things we want to do. My, my wife and I want to do, and I have to be realistic and and and, re- and understand that you know it can't go on forever. Um, I, and you know what? If it was end tomo- if it was to end tomorrow. I could never turn around and say I've not had a good go at it. So 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 and there's a younger generation of fans coming through you know Darren Page and, and and all these younger lads and and its great and and girls and it's great to see them because they're the future, and they understand from us, uh, and it's great that, that we're kind of their mentors in a way, but but they understand what's expected in terms of where the, the pride in the city that we follow. And to do it correctly, you know, um, I, I'm, I'm very, very proud of the people that follow City, and, lo- and long may that continue. Your humbleness and the way that you,
0: you talk about all this sets you apart from a lot of people anyway in life, I think, uh, but also means that when I saw the story that um, you had a, a player come to your house, which the club had set up... Yeah. Um, touched me a lot because I thought yes the club are great at doing that type of thing they yeah. do a lot for a lot of people yeah. and I know I'm a bit biased yeah. but I thought if anybody deserved that it was you just tell me what happened and, and what it felt like for you that um, you
1: yeah it was uh, so Leroy Sarney and Ilkay Gund- Gundogan uh, came, basically came up our front path and knocked on the door uh, my wife, um, we were we'd had to kind of I work on the other side of Sheffield, so I I had a meeting to get to at one o'clock, so I was very conscious of time. But, but they were coming under the pretense of Did you um, know they were coming? No they were coming under the pretense that they wanted to see me I have like a little uh, like a Man City room it's nothing big it's a, it's a little cupboard really with, with a few odds and sods on the wall which I've collected over years of supporting city so the, the, the club had messaged Jane to said could we come and film you, 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 yours and your husband's room and I was kind of a bit reticent because I thought to myself well I, I'd had an article about it recently I don't want people Thing, oh God, Sean's going on about this and that again. So I was kind of like thinking, but Jane was kind of keen to do it, and I didn't want to let Jane down. So I said, yeah, okay, I'll have a word with work. So well, yeah, come in, but we do need you back in Sheffield for one. So uh, anyway, and it came to about quarter past ten, half past ten, and Jane's got covering work and they can't stay. So Jane said, Sean, I'm gonna have to go. I said, Okay, but before you go, I just need to go to the laugh, be case to come to the front door. So I goes up to up the halfway up the stairs, and then Jane. I heard the shout, Sean. And like I thought, well, that means somebody's arrived. So I said, what? She said, they're here. And then I turned back down the stairs. I said, oh, God, I don't want a, a pee stop. I can, hang on for, I can hang on for 20 minutes, whatever. So I'm on my way down the stairs and, and then I just heard her voice kind of raised three bars. And she says, oh my God. And I thought, well, what's happened now? So as she says, oh my God, I opened the front door and I saw Ilke Gundogan and Levi Sani at the porch. So I just kind of acted as I would normally do. And I, and I opened my door and I said, morning. And then and they just, I think they were a bit shocked that I just was kind of being normal about it. I thought, well, they've come to see us, they can come in. So, so I, I looked round at Levi and said, I saw you yesterday, I think we have run at Watford the day before, on the final day of the season, so he laughed at that. So uh, and we invited him in, and uh, they, they, they said that they were there to kind of acknowledge uh, the fans' support, and uh, I think the motto was, nothing without you, with the hashtag on it, and um, they had these envelopes which they were giving us, and I was kind of just sticking in my back pocket, so I don't know what it is, but I've just put it in my back pocket, but... These were these free season tickets that uh, they were presenting. So at one point I said, Sean, we need them envelopes back, what you've told to away in your back pocket. So obviously got those out and I, I was all, you know, overawed by it all. Uh, but nonetheless, extremely proud and privileged to know that um, two Manchester City players have stepped over into the front, you know, through the porch and into our house and uh, they, they, they saw the room and, uh, one thing that they did actually hone in on, which was quite pleasing for me, um, a friend of mine, Anthony, sort of big city fan, home and away, etc. He gave he'd give me a poster from the Schalke game in 2008 in the in the Europa League, as was it was a great big poster for the game, beautiful thing, and I had it on the wall. And on you know, right away they were into it, looking at it. So it was something of common interest for them, and uh, yeah, I chatted away. I I think at some point they had to tap me on the shoulder and say, Sean, you, you, we've said enough now. They've got, they've got all the things to come uh, But it was the quickest 40 minutes of my life, but certainly Did for you my have wife a brew? and I. Uh, no, we didn't even get time for a brew, <laughs> of. we were, I offered them a sandwich and we didn't even have anything in the fridge, but you just try to be welcoming and friendly, don't you, when someone comes to your house and... Uh, but no it's uh, I'll take it to my grave and uh, eternally grateful uh, and if nothing else, uh, you know, they'll remember the name Chadderton for the rest of their lives <laughs> and, and I, I think the last famous visitor we had before before Ilke and, uh, and Leroy was uh but Princess Diana, she coming open the park in the early eighties or something. We don't get that many people passing through, so uh, <laughs> so you know it was South Chadderton seen seeing, seeing uh, a couple of great Man City greats come through the door.
0: Well, I consider you to be a Man City great, uh, if I'm being honest, Sean. That's no, very kind. Uh, you're a great supporter. Lad. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, and you'll always say that. But you're yeah. a great supporter. There are lots of others out there. We uh, just as you emphasise, not to exclude anybody. Absolutely, but you are a bit special. And uh, and I've been privileged to know you since you were a little lad, really. Yeah, i uh, say we've grown up together. Giving really, you lifts it? from the yeah. from the football specials to yeah. drop you off That's, and everything yeah, on the way yeah, home. Yeah, so,
1: yeah. And you weren't in any trouble. I wasn't. But I'll well, tell you what, <laughs> I thought them sandwiches were a bit expensive, if you don't mind me saying. <laughs> what, <laughs> yeah. 25 quid? 25 quid? I'm sure you're the oh, a quid for them. Yeah. Uh, well, there was, was a bit of profit in there. Yeah. <laughs> that was Howard Yeeks doing that, was, that. Yeah, it was. It Sean, was.
0: thanks for coming and telling us your story. Really appreciate it. Thanks for your time continue
1: to be the blue you are I'm thanks. sure you will thanks very much everyone cheers you thank you